2: show and Bulldog, game days at 4. Howard and Jeremy welcome Marty Biron, Thursday mornings at 7.30 on WGR Sports Radio 550. And there they all are right there. What's in there? Sal Capaccio's in there, Jeremy White, Shopin the Bulldog. There's Alan Davis, John and Brian Cozio, Pat Malacaro, crew is in there. Really? And you know what? Paul is the only one upstairs working. The rest of the guys are on
0: vacation. Working 9 to 5.
2: All right, flying into the 5 o'clock hour here on a snowy, wintry, mm, almost mid-March, Friday. <laughs> ah, whatever. We're used to it, right? Paul, I can't complain. I, I was at the equator, for God's sake, for eight days. I I, I should be the last one complaining about snow, uh, for God's sake. So if i got to shovel a little bit, I think I'll be able to manage.
3: I think this is only our fifth snowfall, but we have like 130 inches of snow that's fallen in in Buffalo, but uh, not very many snowfalls. Paul, what the hell last night?
2: (laughs) Over to you, Paul. What the hell? You you didn't enjoy? (laughs) Here's here's what I – you know what came to mind watching the third period of that game to me was our conversation – from, I guess it would have been Tuesday, because I was back. I missed Monday's show, so I wasn't around for pregame for the Edmonton game. So getting ready for the Islander game, we're talking to you, and I asked, you know, how, how hard, trying to figure out the goaltending, how hard would you want to be on in for the Boston game, a 7-1 loss? And you said not at all, and, and I, I think if I recall correctly, you said that the team kind of quit in, in the third period of that game boy, from, from five to three at, like, whatever it was, almost midway through the third period, I'm troubled by that happening twice in a week, Paul, because I, I just, they, they just went to sleep.
3: Yeah, they just gave up. I mean, and, and it's like, oh, not again type of thing, and they they just gave up, and I know there was a... They talked about it this morning. They were all face-to-face. I imagine... I was not there, obviously, but I imagine some pretty tough things were said. And even Tate Thompson, you know, spoke for himself. He said, I had to look across the room at my teammates knowing I let them down. You know, and, uh, you know, he he said, uh, especially him in particular, the way he's been playing, and he says, I have to look in the mirror and I have to be better. And one of the things I ask him today, you know, he's experiencing something he's never experienced before. I mean, he's one of the top goal scorers in the National Hockey League. So guess what? The other teams know that, too. Teams are coming and for they, him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially with Alex Tuck out of the lineup. They're saying, okay, you are not going to beat us, Tage Thompson. We'll put it on everybody else. If they can beat us, fine. But you aren't. And now he's got to figure that out. And as he said, he will. It's new on him. But he will. And I believe him. I think he will, too. I've seen him. He's a hard worker. He'll figure it out. And he'll figure out a way to, just like all goal scorers do, who are targets. And most of them are. They'll figure out a way to produce while that is even happening. He hasn't done that yet. You know, he's trying to carry the puck through three guys. As Granado said today, he goes, if five guys have, have it in their minds that they are going to play defensive hockey, he goes, I don't care who you are, you're not getting through them by yourself. He goes, you're just not. He goes, if they're bound and determined to play defensive hockey and there are five of them, you are not getting through them. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to play individual hockey. As Thompson said, they're cheating the zone. Um, you know, so, so if they take off and they, they're playing more like individuals and as a team. They're turning it over. Um, you know, we get into the system thing again. And my, my thought is, do you need to tweak the system? And his, and Granado's response is, look it. He goes, we can't even get into the system when we turn the puck over. He goes, you turn the puck over as much as we do lately. He goes, you can't even get into your system because it's outnumbered coming right at you. So, you know, um, the, the concerning Another concerning thing to me is how wide open guys are in the middle of the ice. Mm-hmm. Whether it's defensemen coming in from the point which they are completely and utterly oblivious to, they rarely could successfully pick up that guy coming in, late or whatever. They just don't have their heads on swivels. They don't pay attention to it. I mean, how many goals have you seen the Buffalo Sabres give up this year with wide open guys in the middle? Like it, it is a huge problem on this team. And it, and I talk about it's not just defensemen. Right. You play de- defense as a five-man unit. And and you know, your layers and your system and all the rest of it, if you're going to break down in the middle of the ice, it doesn't matter what your system is. You're 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 going to be as bad as they are defensively. And for me, especially the middle of the ice stuff, it does not seem to be getting better. It's been happening all year. I'm. I
2: am glad to hear that they're. You know, I'm not surprised, but still, I'm glad to hear that there there was a meeting and I and I, I, I got you know players you know hashing this out and and I do hope some difficult conversations uh, were had uh, because Paul, you know, it happening twice in a week. The, the the flatness at home that we've seen multiple times here, not just recently, really through the year. Their home record is is bad, and um, I. I I I guess I'm – I don't want to get all the way to I'm worried about it, but for a team that boasts of such a camaraderie, like such a closeness, the chemistry, and, and, you know, we've talked about it plenty, and and we all like it, that this group is tight-knit, they want to be together on the road and at home and, and do things together and support one another. Boy, to leave your goalie out to dry twice in a week like they did Is with with that with that sort of reputation, right? With the reputation of being a Mm -hmm. close knit team, um, boy, I just it just doesn't make sense to me. And to to an extent, I, I I guess what what I'm what I'm trying not to say I'm that worried about yet is are they too close like can they call one another out are they comfortable i remember this being a thing with the sabers eventually with the group once drury and briere left right we had a very close knit group Pominville, roy vanik like that whole crew Connolly, and like was there anybody there that wanted to take charge and i wonder about that with this group whether it's something that we're on the cusp of having to you know be concerned about it all
3: I think they can have tough conversations. I think maybe it's possible when you're close like that, you can have tough conversations Mm -hmm. because you are friends and you know how each other tick and you can be honest with each other that, all right, you you know, we're, we're buddies, but you know, I feel you can do this better. What do you think I can do better? You know, type of a thing. And let's be honest with each other so we can help each other be better type of a thing. And, um, as far as, you know, what goes on, what, what is going on in these two games when it gets away, guys like Darlene and Thompson, what happens is they're, they have such talent, it starts going south, and what do they do? i got to do something special here. Too much. I've got right. to. I've got to do something special here. And it goes back to what Granado said. If five guys are bound and determined to play defensive hockey, you – and you're you got it in your head. I got to go do something special. You're just going to run into a brick wall on your way down, and you're going to do what they do. They turn the puck over, bang. I mean, Tage Thompson. I I've loved the season he's had, but quite honestly, last night was the worst game I've seen him play since he moved to center. Yeah, uh, Paul, I totally agree.
2: I mean, the giveaways right
3: right from the start. Right, the blind back pass on the
2: first goal. Um, there were there were lots of examples of plays where he just you know, tried to do maybe a little bit too much or maybe just wasn't fine enough with the move he tried to make. And the giveaways were were brutal last night for him.
3: Yeah. So what happens is they're so in tune to, I got to help my team, they wind up hurting their team badly because they're turning the puck over. And, you know, they can't get through five guys, trying to weave through five guys and get around them, and they can't do that. And the puck's not going in the net for him because he's not getting the opportunities because they're bracketing him. And they're making sure, well, all right, Tuck's not here. We don't have to worry about him. Let's take him away. And and again, can the rest of them beat us? Mm-hmm. Not looking like it. So, you know, and that's the way it is right now with this team. And that, that doesn't surprise me. And that doesn't, I don't think it's shocking. I don't think it's a big deal a lot of their depth that they're going to have when they get good is still being developed either in rochester college or in junior or over in europe you know, some of those players haven't even arrived yet so that's that's part of their depth but what they're going to have to come to the realization i think in the off season is you know i i think henry okiharu is a top four defenseman but what would be wrong with trading for a guy who you can put in your second pair who's going to be really good in your second pair and then Yoki Haru plays on the third pair. So you got a guy who can play in your top 4 who was on your third pair. Is that a bad thing? You know, and then if you do get an injury in your top 4, you got somebody you can put up there who's competent. You don't have that now. You know, so I don't see anything wrong with that. If if they go out and I think they absolutely should be looking for a guy who you can put in into your second pair and if that means he has Yokiharu has to move down a pair that's fine there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that i don't have any problem with the process they went through to get Comrie but it's not looking like it worked no you know and i'm not just going by 10 goals i'm i'm not throwing last night on him hardly at all i mean a little bit and mm-hmm. you know Granado talked about they thought about pulling him and i'm guessing it might have been at the end of the first period yep when it was basically a three-nothing game, and they they scored very late to make it three to one. Maybe that's what saved him. You know that they did score late to make it three to one. I a uh, thousand percent understand why he didn't get pulled late. Had Craig Anderson been my the backup goalie, I would be ripping them to shreds that they left him in there. I'm not throwing my guy who just turned 24 years old yesterday into that. You already did that once in a week. I mean, you hung him out against the Boston Bruins. Yep, and he was not happy about it, and nor should he have been. So, Eric Comrie, sorry, I'm, I got to keep you in there. I, I am not putting my young goaltender in that situation the way this team is playing right now. I apologize that you got to take the hit, but you got to take the hit because I'm not putting him in it. No, but if it was Anderson, yeah, I would. I would. If they didn't make the change, I'd be all over him. Yeah, I I agree with that a hundred percent.
2: You know, I I think the time to make the switch was after the first. Once you get into third, Granado even said it yesterday. He wasn't even. I don't think asked. He just sort of prompted, uh, unprompted. Just said like, you know, it's five to three, and we, you know, we think we got a game again, and and then it just fell apart. And yeah, at no point there do you do you do you make a change. I don't
3: think. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. It's very tough to watch. And I'm
0: sure oh, Comrie, I
3: can change if it's not and sitting there. Okay, I, I you don't sure. Let him sit right. there and take right. ten goals, ten, a ten goal bullet. <laughs> right, right.
2: <laughs> Paul Hamilton on the West Western Hotline here. He's he's going to be with us for uh, the balance of the hour here, up to uh, six o'clock. So, how, how much last night, Paul? And, and and just this whole process this team is going through. And I, I feel like Granato talked about this too, um, to an extent. Like it's there's a different. And I've been on this train for almost the entirety of Granado's coaching tenure because th- there's been nothing but positive reviews, and, and I'm not here to say that that's changing all of a sudden, but the the objectives are different now, right? When he takes over for, for Kruger, you know, a little more than halfway through that season two years ago, it's just sort of, okay, stop the bleeding and you know, get things stabilized here and let's get through a season and, and assess where we're at. And so they did that, and then you know you go into next year, and it's realistically there's no no objective person that thought that team was ready to contend for a playoff spot and I would even say the same thing to an extent about the approach to this season, but you wanted to see improvement, and we've gotten it to the extent that. They've been in a race here and still are, but to me, they're they're barely hanging on at this point. Their chances are really taking a hit with this stretch they're in. Um, but the pressure of that, Paul, is different. It, it could change how the coach handles things. It could change how the players feel about things. It could change how the players perceive the coach, even if the coach is acting exactly the same, just because there's anxiety and there's pressure, and that's all new here, and... You know, eventually they need to learn how to play within that sort of cauldron, if you will, um, of pressure because that's what it's all about. The Stanley Cup playoffs are pressure, personified, best of seven, loser goes home, that kind of thing. Um, And, you know, I I get that it's a process. they got to learn how to do that, and it seems like maybe some of them or all of them are struggling with that.
3: Yeah, it's not – yeah, they got to learn and – they, but last night was not a young team. Okay. And they, and Don brought it up again today. I'm sorry. Last night's loss was not because they were a young team. That was on everybody. That wasn't just on the young team. Um, now, the young team this week hasn't, I mean, the beginning of the week, they were in a playoff spot by points percentage. By the end of the week, they can still they still have their own destiny in their own hands because they do still have a game against the Islanders and you win your three in hand, and you win the game that they, that, that you play them, you've caught them. But, um, so you still have your destiny in your hands, but you've made it a heck of a lot harder than it was in the beginning of the week, and you play three games. So, you know, that is a learning experience for guys. You know, as I told you, Tage Thompson has to learn how to still be productive when teams are trying to take him off the board. And any goal scorer that scores 40, 50, 60 goals learns that because they're always going to be a target, and he will. My experience of Tage Thompson watching him in practice and talking to others is he's an extremely hard worker. So he'll figure it out, you know, hopefully sooner than later if you're a Sabre fan. So, but they still, you know, this is showing them the holes in their lineup. I already mentioned the defense. You know, they got guys that really finished up well last year who have regressed this year and aren't looking like they can be part of the future type of a thing. Um, they've got Victor Olison. I'm sorry. I, I understand he's on a 31-goal pace. And it's hard to say, well, you know what? They got to replace a 30-goal scorer, But he has gone on three hugely long streaks where he didn't score you know he he just scored his first goal in 16 games he has another streak this year where he scored two and 15 and another streak where he went 0 for eight and they're th- all in three different phases of the season and when victor olison's not scoring what is he doing for you on the ice right now he's playing on the perimeter again you know, he looked like he was starting to get a little bit and was mm-hmm. getting inside and had, like, what, nine goals in ten games, and that was one of the reasons. But now he seems to be back on the perimeter, and, you know, he's not really going to help you defensively type of a thing. So, you know, there there are there are holes in this lineup right now. I, I think there's still, uh, you know, the, what, what, is, what are the conversations with Gergensens and Oposo? Are they done as Sabers, or are they going to be looking to bring them back for a year, or, you know, what what are they thinking with that? Because you know, I, I think Kyle isn't as good as he was last year. I will say you're miss. He's missing the eight goals in the power play he had last year. He is not on the power play this year, so he did help his goal total last year because mm-hmm. of the power play. But he does look maybe a step slower than he was last year. But he is the ultimate leader, so they've got a way. You know, what you lose in the locker room, which is a lot to, you know, what you're seeing on the ice. Where are they at with Casey Middlestad? Another one who has had some really good stretches and some really bad stretches this year. He struggled for a long, long time before he kind of figured it out a little bit and and had a good, good stretch for a while. So where are they with him? They still have to be harder to play against. Greenway and Stillman help. But they need more than just two guys that are hard to play against. I think they need a full line of guys that are hard to play against, not just one guy who plays on the forward line. So, you know, there there are still things they have to do. I didn't realize in the beginning of the year when I said they have to improve to 90 points or better that I was actually predicting they'd be in playoff race. I didn't think they would be because last year – it took 100 points yeah. to get in the playoffs. I did some quick math when you were talking earlier because I got very curious. Right now, Pittsburgh's on a pace to be 7th place at 95. The Islanders are at a pace to be 8th place at 93, followed by Ottawa at 90, Florida at 88, and Buffalo at 87. I'm pretty staunch on that 90 points, and if it's 87, if it winds up, I don't think that's good enough. I needed more improvement than that. And I know it's just three points that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But last year, it took 100 points by the Washington Capitals to get in the playoffs. If the pace continues, it's going to take 93 by the New York Islanders to get in the playoffs. And I, I remember telling you guys I thought 100 was high last year. Yeah. I don't remember everybody having to get into 100 points to get in. Neither do I. So... I think they need to be better, and they still could hit 90 points because they're in the middle of a losing string right now. And I'm, I bet they're, we're probably going to see a winning string coming also before this is over. Um, that's just kind of the way they've been this year. And, and when, I don't know. Who they're going to beat, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you, you, they've won some games this year where, oh, my, I can't believe they won that game. You know, the – and and went and maybe dominated a couple of games where I thought, Wow, I didn't think they could go in and dominate that game against that team type of a thing. Um and then <laughs> they've had games where you're shaking your head going, Really? You just played like that against that team? Ottawa at home, Philadelphia Arizona at home, Arizona at home, Philadelphia at home, recently at home, uh against Columbus. You know, right. so right you know they they are that team so they they i don't know where they're going to be i don't know how what kind of streaks they're going to go on before this is over but they've put themselves in a quite a bit a poorer spot than they were earlier in the week and it's it goes back to the eight game losing streak i said it then i and people were all over me it's not yeah, they were 9 points out and it wasn't necessarily the 9 points if they were in ninth place 9 points out with that much hockey to play, I'd say, all right, you're, you're fine. You can make that up. It was nine points out with 16.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
1: conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every
0: journey. Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we
3: conclusively sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet! Music. You said my word
0: even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
3: ...to jump. And they did get there. But the thing is, it, they weren't didn't get there at Game 82. They got there at, what, Game 60 or Game 55 or whatever it was. Well, there's still more to play, and you were on your hot streak when mm-hmm. you got there. They're now, you know... And, and I knew everybody should have known they're not going to be hot forever. They're not going to win every game. There are going to be uh, some more tough spots coming. So when you got your tough spot, now some other teams get hot. And here we are back to those six teams you had to vault. You did vault them, but you can't stay hot forever, unfortunately. It's the NHL, and you're not the best team in the league. So you are going to have some spots where as you're going back down. Now they're going to come up, which is what's happened and i think you're probably going to see this all repeat itself again before it's over. So, where do you where are you going to be when 82 game 82 comes along? <laughs> right. Are you on a fairly long winning streak or are you on a winning streak before that but now you're on a losing streak trying to hang on or just trying to get in there? Who knows with this team?
2: All right, Paul. Let's uh, let's take a time out and um, let's be ready to talk about goaltending both this year, the rest of this year, and moving forward. Because that that still, you know, <laughs> go figure. We're gonna talk about goaltending uh, the <laughs> afternoon after they give up ten goals. Um, again, not that it was all on 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 the goalie last night, but uh, we'll spend some time on that as we move forward. Paul Hamilton with me for the balance of the hour here. Mike Shope has the day off, along with Zach Jones and Joe Kelly. I am the Bulldog. Thanks for listening to WGR. Well, how about that for the Friday news dump? The <laughs> Bears and the Panthers. Carolina riding hard all the way to the top of the draft. They will pick 101 after trading with the Chicago Bears. The ninth pick in the draft this year the 61st pick in the draft this year, a first-round pick next year, a second-round pick the following year, 2025, and very good, if not better than that, wide receiver D.J. Moore. All going to the Bears. Carolina now poised to have their pick of the litter at quarterback. We'll see if that ends up being Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson. Uh, Those would be my two predictions, Stroud and Levis. Uh, maybe warrant some consideration, uh, but the, the Richardson to me is the is the guy I'd be going with if I were Carolina. Uh, but they give up a lot to get up there, and the Bears are out. They're they're done. <laughs> they're they're keeping Justin Fields. They've got D J Moore now for him to throw the ball to. And uh, any drama about what they were going to do—will they keep the pick, draft a different quarterback, trade Justin Fields? Um, presumably, that's all over as they've made a big trade with carolina paul look at this the nfl infringing on
3: our hockey hour (laughs) good job by both teams i think because uh, you know i think the bears have their quarterback so uh, trading out of the number to get what they just got to trade out and they're still going to draft number nine i think great job by first of all by by the bears and carolina as long as you are absolutely sure you are getting a franchise quarterback. To me, it is worth giving up. Though you're giving up a lot, and but it's to get your quarterback. I, you know, I'm not doing that if I'm not getting my franchise quarterback. I'm not even come close to doing that. I don't. I'm not getting my franchise pass rusher or whatever and giving up that those kind of assets to do that. But you have to have a quarterback. I mean, look at the Buffalo Bills. Exhibit A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right there. I mean, they were nowhere until they got Josh Allen. So, for me, to pat, to get there, as long as you're sure you're getting your guy and he doesn't turn into uh, Darnold or, or, you know, whatever, you can keep going, Yeah, Mayfield, you know, as long as you know you're getting your guy, I think it's worth it.
2: I mean, you can't know, but you—it's you, worth taking the shot, certainly. Um, and so, I mean, I, I'm assuming they've got some certainty. They—they—they—they they, they, they must have some comfort. They—they've done it, um, but we'll see if it works for them. But I, I also—I um, agree with you. I mean, I, I think they give up the assets. You got to make it happen. It's a big price to pay. Um, but they will be in line to have their pick of the litter now and have to sit on pins and needles waiting to see uh, who may be available uh, sitting at nine or even if they, they could have moved up um, from there even into the top five, but still, you're at the mercy of other teams, and now that's just, it's just over, right? Any drama about mm-hmm. that pick is done for now with uh, with this move. So, uh, and Houston's raving in their right. hand
3: going, wait, whoa, wait. Uh, Chicago, weren't you just gonna stay in there and take a pass rusher or something and and help to help your team that way and letting us take the pick of the litter at quarterback? Hold right. On. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad,
2: Houston. You shouldn't. Have, you shouldn't. Have, you shouldn't have won that dopey game at the end of the year like you did, and you would have been all set. But now uh, that's a whole other conversation. Paul Hamilton on the Wester Hotline uh, with us here. Yeah, the big breaking news in the NFL is that there has been a massive trade for the number one overall pick between the Bears and the Carolina Panthers, a couple of first-rounders, a couple of second-rounders, and a player, D.J. Moore, all going to the Bears for that first overall pick. I said to be ready to talk about goaltending, Paul. Uh, We already both sort of, I think, to a degree, agreed that – the time to make a move on Comrie last night would have been after the first period. It didn't come. And with in backing up, uh, once things got real sideways there in the third period, it was just, you know, too bad for Comrie. His numbers take a big hit, but you got to ride it out. Um, w- what about the way forward here in mm-hmm. goal, Paul? I-, I feel like this team, like, I-, I get how they ended up on Comrie last year. I didn't like any of the more well known, established Big name, big money ideas in free agency, um, and so I, I respect how they arrived at Comrie, but boy, he, he to me looks he looks overmatched a lot. I mean, I know it's it's a tough night last night with how they quit on him um, in the back half of the third period, but I'm I'm not feeling like that's an answer for me next year. I you know Lukanen will have some opportunity, I think. But, boy, they're going to have to figure something out because just waiting for Devin Levi to get here does not seem like a plan.
3: Yeah, and I think we're both coming from a, a spot of let's say last night didn't happen. All right, forget about last night. I don't think we're evaluating Comrie on last night. No, no. And 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 that doesn't affect what we're thinking because of last night. Last night could have been a 5-4 game, and I think you and I – at least I'll speak for myself, I'm, I'm saying the same thing I'm going to say before 10 goals. And if I could, I was listening earlier, and if I could answer your caller about Lena Solmark, mm-hmm. um, I'd like an opportunity to do that. Um, the What Lena hallmark Sol, Lena really didn't want to stay here. He had tired of what everything was going on here. Yep. He was a little bit open to it, but what was, what the the deal given to the, that Linus Allmark took from the Boston Bruins, he was not giving the Buffalo Sabres. It's like, well, if we're going to talk, you're going to give me more years and you're going to give me more money. Hmm. And then we'll talk. Maybe I'll consider coming back. But it's going to cost you more years and it's going to cost you more monies than it's going to cost the Boston Bruins. And the Sabres said no. You know, we're that's we're not willing to go there. I, at the time, agreed with it. Now, Lena Salmark playing behind the Boston Bruins has been lights out this year. Do you, do, do people really think that those were the numbers he was going to put up with the Buffalo Sabers had he been here this year? I don't think so. But you know, give the guy credit; he has done it. He has gone in and, and put up the best numbers in the National Hockey League, playing behind the Boston Bruins, and you got to give him credit for that. You can't take that away from him. But I would be in the same spot Kevin Adams is because I would not have given Lena Saulmark seven years. I would not have gone ahead money wise. I'm not paying a goaltender over five million dollars, especially you know, Lena Saul. He, he was okay well, here. Right, he had, a, he had, a, he had a, what a nine fifteen say percentage. Sure, game. on on some bad teams. So I mean, I, yeah. I think
2: he'd be he'd be I I, I have no trouble uh, uh, you know assuming even that he'd be better than what I've got here. Um, you know, may, may I don't. Know, Anderson's had like a nine twenty for a lot of the year, so maybe not that. But whatever, I I think he performed capably well on some deficient teams. Yeah. That I think I think he'd be an upgrade here. The question is, Paul, like at the time that they had to make the decision. It wouldn't have
3: made sense to pay any goalie five or six million dollars a year. No, like, and he th- th- they were starting seven over. Or around seven. I don't know if that's the, the number. I, mm-hmm. I don't don't quote me on that. But he wanted a lot more than five. You know, it wasn't like, well, if the Sabers match that, we'll we'll stay. Yeah, it wasn't the deal. So I wouldn't have done that either, especially knowing that, you know. You know they they like their young goalies and and they they didn't want to do that at the time. So, I wouldn't have I, honestly. I, I, I'm I'd be lying to you if I would have said I would have done that. I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I would not have paid a goalie that. I'm with you. I I was not sold on Lena Allmark. I thought he was okay, thought he was pretty good at times, but it was the first time he really had the opportunity to be a number one goaltender that year, and uh, you know he was also often injured. You know that was a problem too for him. I think he only played 20 games for the Sabers. You know he had he had some injury problems. So, you know I, I'm not going to play revisionist history and try to lie to you and say, well, I would have done that. What the heck's wrong with the Sabers? I wouldn't right. have. You know. So, uh, all right, moving forward. You know, I've answered that question. Now, moving forward, back to what we were talking about. It it hasn't worked. You know, uh, let's face it, it hasn't worked. For whatever the reasons are, it hasn't worked for Comrie. He he only has a month to show that I can be with Lucan in next year and be part of it. And, uh, you know, I, I think they are going to have to pivot. You know, they're going to have – that was the plan that, all right, this year it's – you know, it I, really the, the plan this year I think was Comrie and Anderson – and, and in, if you run into some problems, can come up and play some games. And he did so and came up and did a nice job. Not in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was making the big save at the big time. And then the, the, the break came. And none of them have been the same. Comrie did win four in a row. And I liked his game against Tampa. But he was winning games that I wasn't really enthralled with the way he played. He did win a game where... You know, against Tampa, uh, the other Tampa game where he, he in you know, overtime on the power play, made four great saves on one-timers from Kucherov right. and from Stamkos. But prior to
2: that, that night, I thought he was really off.
3: Yeah, he had he'd given up five. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and so I, I think that's one of the things they're going to have to look at, that I don't think it's going to take... You know, it took Hallmark six years of seasoning to become a number one goaltender. I would be shocked if it would take Levi six years of seasoning to become a goaltender in the National Hockey League. I I think he's going to be better than that. He could maybe be the two-time reigning Mike Richter Award winner. He could win it again this year, and he won it last year. He's a finalist. And he just won goaltender of the year in in his league. So... um, I I could see him maybe turning into, you know, something like like a Swayman did, who played college hockey also. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he didn't take all that long to – but, again, he's playing with the Boston Bruins. I understand the difference. You know, so, you know, when you're playing, you're going to put up better numbers when you're playing goaltender for the Boston Bruins than you are uh, somewhere else. But he was at the University of Maine for three years, and he played 14 AHL games. He played nine in two thousand twenty twenty one and five in two thousand twenty one twenty two, and then uh, you know he 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 played ten games with the Bruins and nine games with Providence in in two thousand twenty twenty one, and did real well with the Bruins and then again did real well with the Bruins again and is doing fine this year. But he is playing, you know, in behind the Boston Bruins, so I get that. So I could see that. I believe I probably will play more than 14 AHL games, but I could see you get past the holidays. And mm-hmm. he, I, I think he has that in him too, to not necessarily have to spend as much time in the American hockey league as maybe some other goaltenders have. Now the Sabres tend to be careful with that kind of stuff, you know, and, and so maybe they would want him to spend yeah. all year in the AHL. So I'd be what am I looking for in the off season? I'd be looking for a goaltender that I can get maybe on a one-year deal, two at the most. But I'm not sure I want to jam Levi down there for two years. To be, if I'm being I, quite honest with you, I don't want to jam him either, Paul. And we got to take
2: a break here. But if I have to live with a longer commitment, whether it's uh, obtaining a guy through trade that has contract and term left, or signing someone. I think it's called for. Like th- this team, it 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 warrants an upgrade in goal. And it, if I can't wait for Levi, then I've got to do whatever I've got to do and then figure well, it I'm out. I'm not going after for
3: that. more than two years. Hmm? I'm not bringing any goalie in here for more than two more than two years on a contract.
2: Well, then we are going to fight about this constantly, Paul. Because I will, I will, I will do it if I have to. I don't want to. I believe
3: to. in Levi, and I still don't. I do too. I still think Lukanen has a shot at being yeah. a good goalie in the NHL. I have not given up on him at all. And I'm not, I'm not putting Levi down there for any more than two years. So two years is my limit. All right. I, well, I, I'm, I'm looking at Levi
2: coming and maybe displacing that guy. And if he has to be the backup, then fine. Um, but I, I need, I need to upgrade. Right. I said we got to take a break, and we're starting to fight. And then this is gonna, the, the whole hour is gonna be over. I got to take a time out. More with Paul Hamilton on the other side of this. I'm the Bulldog. This is WGR. deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste or if you overcame too
1: too more, too more. More.
2: Too you deserve this ice cold reward Medella, the remarkable
3: fighter. trick responsibly beer imported by crowning port chicago illinois there are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home that's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you because that's who we are Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
2: Time is tight, Paul. You you t- you, you went too long on the goaltending thing. It, it's Anna Schefter's fault. It's the Bears' fault. It's the Carolina Panthers' fault. Uh, all we've got time for is what the lines looked like at practice today. They they sort of I, I know Tuck is still out, so Greenway's in that spot, but they've gone back to like what I'd say was their most stable lineup. Um, maybe in an effort to get Olsen and Middlestat back going again with Jost in the middle. What, what do you think of what things look like moving into tomorrow?
3: Yeah, so Krebs is back with Gergensen and Oposo, and then the two kids are with Cousins, Paterka and Quinn. So uh, Olsen scored a goal. He tends to go in bunches, so his first goal in 16 games. So maybe the puck starts going into the net a little bit, and that would be a welcome sight for a team that's missing Alex Tuck, who was on a 40-goal pace for them. So, uh, you, you know, maybe that's what they're thinking. And don't right. forget, he's been in this slump playing on the number one power play and still not scoring goals. Right. All right, Paul, our time is up. Thank you for spending the hour with me. I really
2: appreciate it. And we'll yeah, hear from you, you
3: tomorrow. That was fun. All right, there
2: you go. That's our Paul Hamilton on the West Hur Hotline. Uh, We will shift back into football. Joe Marino, one of the best out there. Draft Network, Locked On Bills podcast. We'll get some thoughts from him as the Bills get ready for what will be, I think, a very eventful week heading into free agency in the NFL. That is straight ahead. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,